0: welcome to the silver screen guide podcast where we discuss films from every genre so sit back relax and enjoy the podcast today we are discussing avengers infinity war it is the 10th anniversary of these marvel cinematic universe movies everything has been building to this it is all connected it is all supposedly supposed to pay off in this one movie now whether that is the case or not we will talk about it but infinity war is directed by the russo brothers anthony and joe now they did
1: from uh winter soldier and they were in civil war right they did civil war
0: they did do civil war they did very well with both of those Hence, they're like, you guys got to come back and do Infinity War for us. Yeah. And they're also working on a new
1: Ghostbusters project. Uh, I hope, well, I kind of trust the Russo brothers. Uh, they seem to have a pretty good record at this point. I sure hope it isn't anything close to what we got from the 2016 remake. That it, would be bad. It might be animated. Hmm. Well, that could work. I could see where that could work.
0: Well, we may be reviving the Ghostbusters retrospective, but for now, we are just talking about Infinity War. We did not do a Marvel retrospective because that would have been nigh impossible with... A lot of movies. Nearly 20, I believe. Yeah,
1: There's at least been, hmm, I think, two years since Iron Man, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And then I think this year we had three two or three yeah because yeah, we have ant-man coming out soon
0: well the movie stars mark ruffalo scarlett johansson robert downey jr chris evans josh brolin chris pratt chris hemsworth zoe saldana bradley cooper dave bautista benedict cumberpatch tom holland don Cheadle, chadwick bozeman karen Gillen, paul bettany elizabeth olson anthony mackie and tom hiddleston
1: Wikipedia has listed 27 characters, like, main characters out of the Avengers. Ooh. This is a lot of people. This is crazy. This is the definite... This is... Save for
0: Isle of Dogs, which had an insanely star-studded cast. Right. This movie does as well. This movie has huge names, and they're all one- together in one roof.
1: Wow. Wow. Right. I mean, this is not the first time we've had a bunch of characters. Of course, we have the other two Avengers movies that are very similar because they're Avengers movies. But yeah, this has uh, everyone from the past 10 years. Well, almost everyone from the past 10 years We're missing, I guess, Ant-Man. Anyways, they're all here and they're all in this movie. Every single one except for Ant-Man and whoever else has died, which is not very many.
0: The movie is written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Now, both of them actually are kind of a bit of a writing duo. They both wrote all three of the Narnia films. And they did also write the Captain America movies. And Stephen McFeely did write Thor The Dark World. And he also wrote that Michael Bay movie, Painted Game? Okay. Hmm. Interesting choice. Uh, this movie is... <laughs> Has a 9.1 on IMDb.
1: That's very high. That is. That's like levels of uh, Shawshank Redemption, Godfather parts 1 and 2 high. Like The Dark Knight, I think, has like an 8.9 on, at least on the top uh, 250 on IMDb. That's insanely high. Once again, I'm bringing this back up. I mentioned this before. This is a score that's most likely going to go down as more and more people see it. Uh, And then it'll eventually, once it gets out of the theater, it'll have a base score. And that's usually how it goes. I did notice with Ready Player One, it went down a little bit, but not by much. Maybe we'll see the same thing here. We don't know. It's only been out for four days at this point.
0: It has over 150,000 user ratings, and it's still staying steady at 9.1. Right. And it is now rated number nine in the top 250 movies
1: of all time. It's only been out for four days. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's that's pretty insane. Oh, yeah. I... Wow,
0: yeah, it's very surprising. When I saw it is holding the number nine spot and holding steady with, I mean, 150,000 user ratings is pretty impressive, and it's holding at a 9.1. That is crazy.
1: Yeah, that's pretty insane.
0: Well, CinemaScore gave it an A.
1: I guess that makes sense.
0: It makes sense, but not an A+. Right. So... The first Avengers movie, audiences gave it an A+. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Avengers Age of Ultron, an A. Audiences apparently thought this and Infi- Ultron and Infinity War are just as good as each other.
1: Right. Uh, I do know that uh, Age of Ultron has gotten quite uh, quite the criticism, especially uh, after it came out, uh, with it being not the greatest Marvel movie to that to the that date at least
0: and i can speak to that after i saw infinity war i came home popped on the first avengers and then i popped on avengers 2 honestly avengers the first one in my mind is a 7 out of 10 it's good i don't think it's great it's very light-hearted compared to this movie yeah. and it's very comic booky and fun especially compared to the third one The second one is definitely a drop in quality. It's not bad, but it doesn't live up to the hype of the first movie. And I'm going to save my thoughts on this one until we get into it.
1: Right. Yeah, for me, I've seen the first Avengers so many times because everyone's just like, oh, did you watch it? Especially when it first came out and was first released onto home media. So I've seen it a lot. We actually got it for Christmas if I remember right uh anyways i think in my mind i think that is also a seven out of ten uh and then age of ultron i remember when i first walked out of the theater when i saw age of ultron i thought it was better than the original and then i watched it again my school showed it uh for like a movie night it was like a it was like a pre-release movie night that we have here uh, from time to time and i remember thinking uh ah. <laughs> so yeah that's that those are my thoughts i think i gave that i got six maybe a five i can't remember it it's on my mdb page i didn't think too much of it the second time around but the first time around i thought it was just as good if not better than the original avengers at first and then i then i thought about it and i said "Uh, no
0: (laughs) this movie probably will have either the biggest budget so far, or at least close to it, the budget is estimated to be between three hundred to four hundred million. Right. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: I remember one time when this movie was first announced to be Infinity War parts one and two, the budget at the time was speculated to be one billion dollars collectively. Oh yeah. I remember that rumor flying around, and I said, Ah, yeah, that'll be the day. No, it's it may be the hi- the movie with the highest budget. We don't exactly know those numbers specifically right. just yet, uh, but I never thought in my mind that that movie would reach one billion dollars. I know one day that'll probably happen, but right now, eh, I don't think so. I
0: guess combined, if you took both movies' budgets combined, it could get close, but yeah, it would not be one billion. Marvel right. would be spending close to a billion between both movies, but the series has made 15.5 billion so far. It's, it is the biggest grossing series of all time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, this is Marvel has is it's an understatement to say that Marvel is huge, especially in America, because every time there's a Marvel movie, it it's met with some it's met with some crazy numbers. Black Panther became one of the highest grossing movies uh ever, and it's and it's, it's funny how that one was selected out of all of them, but I guess I kind of understand why. Uh, yeah, these are big money makers. These are huge money makers. Every time one of these comes out, it's always a big deal.
0: Well, and especially Infinity War, the hype leading oh, up yeah. to this. So the hype leading up to Black Panther was this is going to be like the greatest movie of all time. Right. And no, it wasn't.
1: Yeah. Some people seemed that it was it was pretty. It was mixed. it was met with some pretty mixed opinions. Uh, it still got a lot of money I think more it was more people saying hey this is a great movie go see it and people were like oh okay fine and so they wanted to go see it right in the theater and then there were some that were just like "Ah, greatest movie of all time Ah, I don't think so
0: Well, the hype surrounding Infinity War was insane. Everybody was saying, this is going to be the biggest movie of all time. Mm -hmm. It's going to have the biggest opening weekend. It's going to gross more than Avatar. And I don't know what else. It's just going to be huge. It's going to be insane. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. Nobody can even rival this forever. So it did break uh, a ton of records.
1: Oh, yeah. Like a hundred million opening day. Yeah. That's insane.
0: So opening day was massive to the extreme. And then opening weekend, $250 million opening weekend. It is I the have, biggest opening weekend of all time.
1: Yes. And I also have that it made over 600 million in the worldwide market. This is not even counting Sunday because we haven't, we haven't gotten those, uh, the those numbers just yet, but just, like in the last three days that it's been out, it's, it's already broken all the records. And remember when we were talking about... I remember when Force Awakens came out, we were thinking the exact same thing. This is going to beat out Avatar. I think it came close to Avatar, but never beat it out. Because Avatar got like $2 billion in the box office. In like the worldwide total. This is almost a billion opening weekend worldwide. So it's very possible. I wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if it beat out Avatar at this point.
0: I, I definitely agree. This, like I said, domestically here in the States, it beat out The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi for the biggest opening weekend ever. It has the second largest uh, international opening weekend because it hasn't opened in China yet. I don't even oh, understand yeah. why. Uh, yeah, it'll open in China that's always May always a big
1: moneymaker too, China.
0: yes. It'll open in China on May 11th. China is one of the big ticket items. Apparently, Fate of the Furious holds the biggest international opening weekend because of China.
1: I saw that and I was like, really? I didn't think it was that big. I guess in China, yeah, but I didn't think it was that big in the worldwide market, but I guess it was. I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't know.
0: So even without China, Infinity War is the largest worldwide opening of all time with The numbers as of this recording are 630 million. I am sure by Monday that number will be larger, maybe getting close to 700 million or going past it. Right.
1: Now, usually you want to make back at least your budget in the opening weekend. Uh, I don't think you never really see the budget, unless it's a very small movie like Paranormal Activity, where the budget is doubled. Um, the or the money making it back is double the amount of the budget that right. you that you spent on the on the movie. Like that's pretty insane.
0: So the other records this movie has broken: largest single Saturday gross, largest single Sunday gross, largest April opening, largest spring opening, widest PG thirteen release. This movie is in like forty five hundred theaters. It's in over four thousand theaters. That's crazy.
1: That is a lot of screens.
0: (laughs) It's also fastest film to 150, 200, and 250 million. Uh, Yeah, because it did it opening weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, reached half of those records the opening day, so I mean.
0: It's kind of funny, this movie is in over 4,000 screens, yet where you live, it is only in one theater of
1: the three (laughs) right now you there's a i think okay there's a thing with all the theaters around here there are three uh because of where i live there are there's one big city and then there's like two that surround it that are kind of smaller uh suburbs um so there's a a theater in each one each part right so usually if a if a movie is playing in one of the theaters it won't play in the other two uh that's just how it works here but then there are some exceptions like i think uh there's a movie that came out oh what is it called uh, I think I Feel Pretty is playing in... No, it's not I Feel Pretty. It's some other movie. I forget the name of it. But there's one movie that's playing in two theaters. And for some reason, uh, it, Infinity War is only playing in one. But it's. I guess it is the biggest theater here in town. But for some reason, it's only playing in one. I don't know. It's, it's weird. This is a weird area to live in with movies. Because either they will be in one theater. Or they'll be in two. Or it just won't come at all. Because Phantom Thread didn't show up. And yet we got, uh, I wish you were never, or, and then we, then this week we got, uh, you were never really here, which is very small. So I don't know what, what the stigma is with these theaters. It's weird.
0: So Alan, have you seen all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies?
1: Yes, I have. Uh, I have seen all of the movies up until this point. Um, uh, yes, that is correct. I have seen all of them. I think about it. Yes,
0: I did. And I was behind a little bit. I did ensure that I was all caught up because I felt that would be necessary to catch up on the latest phase phase. I believe we're in phase three, since yes. this is the third Avengers movie, I wanted to be caught up on phase three because I felt like that would play most closely to this and ish it all the phases actually do contribute to this but phase three is the most relevant one of course so alan did you revisit any of the marvel movies before seeing infinity war
1: uh no uh i've actually i haven't ever really okay i'll take it back that's not exactly true i have i was what i was gonna say is i haven't gone back and watched rewatched any of the marvel movies before but that is not true because i did mention that i've seen avengers more than once i've seen i think captain america more than once the, re- the first one uh there are a select few that i've seen more than one time uh not by because i wanted to see it but because of others around me have been one to watch it um yeah i have not gone back and rewatched really many except for those in the past in the last two years i have not gone back and, wa- and rewatched any marvel movie that i can think of for this i mean i've seen them all but never re-watched them
0: i did watch like i said i just recently just last week i saw thor ragnarok for the first time and then the week before that i saw black panther and like i said in order f- to watch to do this review i wanted to make sure i had the other avengers movies fresh in my mind so after i saw infinity war i went home and i watched the first avengers movie and i watched half of the second one but it got too late so I had to quit watching it. I have seen it before, but I got the gist of it. And I knew how it ended because I listened to, uh, I actually listened to Now Playing talk about it. So they told me the entire movie through yeah. talking about it.
1: Yeah, and I've seen those two multiple times. So they're pretty, I mean, I remember a lot of, it from, a lot of stuff from them.
0: I guess I technically also, uh, to prep for this, I guess I technically watched The Incredible Hulk. Like, eight months ago or something. Oh, yeah, with
1: uh, Ed Norton?
0: Yeah, I kind yeah. of had a plan to go through, well, I guess it wouldn't have been eight months ago. It would have been just, I don't know, how many months ago would that be? Like, th- three or four months ago, I had a plan to watch all 19 films and yeah. do this big deep dive into it. And I was attempting an insane task with trying to finish up my very final semester of my undergraduate. So I was like, well, that that probably wasn't smart. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, pretty daunting task, the finals. Oh, yeah.
0: I do kind of want to do a deep dive into Marvel eventually, possibly. I'm not going to say anything firm for sure because I don't want to go back on it. But hopefully before the next avengers movie comes out i will be able to go back and watch all of them and give you guys a comprehensive guide to these movies and especially after seeing this movie i think that guide will be much more enhanced because this movie changes a lot
1: yeah it do
0: Oh, okay, so did you feel, though, going in, like, you were worried you would be confused? Or did you feel like you... Because I know a lot of people were like, I need to watch other movies before in order to understand what's going on. I
1: feel like I'll be lost or confused. Did you feel that way at all? No, I've never... Okay, so i am never really... The way I view, the way that I've always viewed the Marvel movies, uh, especially recently, since my view is becoming a little bit more mature, I never feel like I have to go back and rewatch any of the movies because they feel simple enough that what the main point of the movie is and what the main story beats that happen, uh, as long as I remember those, there is not much of a reason to go back and watch it because. Uh, it'll just continue from there whenever the Avengers movie uh, picks up. So I've never really been one to kind of go back and rewatch really watch stuff. So I never really was one... I never really was thinking that I'd be too confused going into Infinity War uh, just because they are just simple enough that I never really needed to go back. So no, I was never thinking that I'd be very confused. And I will even say it now, I never really was all that confused with this movie when I was watching it because I remembered. Right, this happened because of this and that kind of stuff.
0: So it, I, I would say if you have seen all of the Marvel movies up until this point and you haven't revisited any of them, you should be fine. But if you haven't seen more of the recent ones, then I would say you probably should watch those because there is some fairly close tie-ins. And the movie prerequisites I have to watch that I recommend you watch before seeing Infinity War is Captain America Civil War. I think that does set up kind of what is going on with the Avengers in this movie. I would also say Thor Ragnarok because they the end of Ragnarok, beginning of Infinity War are directly linked. Also, Wakanda with Black Panther, that plays a fairly significant role in this movie. So I really do think you should see Black Panther. Uh, I also recommend seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. Because Thanos is in that movie, and that is where you see Thanos and Gamora's relationship. Don't worry, no spoilers, but that is a fairly pivotal uh, character relationship in this movie, I would say. So go back and watch that. And also, Guardians 2, if you haven't seen Guardians 2, they spoil the whole lot of Guardians 2 pretty much is spoiled by Star-Lord in this movie. I didn't really care for Guardians 2 that much. I thought it was... It looked nice, but it was kind of odd. Uh, Avengers 2 also introduces a number of characters. So if you haven't seen that movie, that might be a little confusing with where some of these characters came about, what they're doing with certain things. I know I won't say who it is, but there is a character that is in created in Avengers Two that plays a significant role in this movie. And I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you think so, I don't know. If you're worried, just plug your just like click mute for like ten seconds. But also, yeah, I would say what
1: there's a there's a uh, if you're watching an Apple podcast, you can skip forward fifteen seconds.
0: Yeah, just skip forward 15 seconds. It'll be under 15 seconds. I also recommend seeing the first Captain America movie because that might help you with a certain section of this movie. Okay, so we are about to spoil Avengers Infinity War, and this movie has some crazy spoilers in it. Uh, There were some uh, people at school the other day on Friday that were really trying to leak out some spoilers. They went ahead and read them online, and I was like, don't you dare say anything.
1: I don't want to be spoiled. I know at one point the directors had mentioned uh, just the general audience to just be mindful about what you spoil. Uh, I think it's quite interesting that the directors came out and said that, I thought. Usually that never works. Usually they'll just go, oh, yeah, you you can't tell me what to do, and they just do it anyways. Exactly.
0: So, like I said, if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War and you don't want it to be spoiled, then press pause right now. Go to your local cinema, grab a ticket, go watch the movie, and then come right back here and we will be ready to talk about Avengers Infinity War with you.
1: That is saying you can get in, because I know I had a bit of an issue getting in. The 10 oh, a.m. Yeah. showing was sold out. Uh, I was going to get it in later, though. But yeah, this, the ticket sales are pretty insane at this moment, but I think about a week after when this podcast is up, it should be pretty much fine.
0: Oh, yeah. I was figuring, yeah, because we went to see opening weekend, but yeah. by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a little bit after that. If you were going to go see it in any sort of premium format, good luck. You would have had to have bought those tickets a couple months before And unless you're one of our friends who was able to get into the IMAX, a possibly IMAX 3D, but the only open seat was on the front row. So I guess it's possible. Yeah. But like Alan said, he texted me. We both got up fairly early on Saturday because we knew we had to get to the theater early in order to see the movie. Well, like Alan said, his showing was sold out at the 10 o'clock or 10 15 or whatever. And that scared me because I was seeing a 10 30 showing. So I'm flying to the theater trying to get my seat and I made it. It was fairly full for a 10 30 showing, but right. I still got a really good seat and I was glad I made it.
1: Right. Yeah. I was just more, I guess it, at one hand it surprised me, but the other hand, it didn't surprise me that the 10 a.m. Showing was just completely sold out. On one hand, people were getting up way too early uh, that I would <laughs> ever think, but on the other hand, it is Avengers Infinity War, so of course it's going to sell out in every show. In.
0: Oh, makes sense. All right, now we are officially going to spoil yes. Infinity War, and I would like to note this movie is fairly complicated with where it goes and keeping track of all these characters and what they're doing. So in that respect, I did go ahead, I jumped over to Wikipedia, and there's a really nice plot summary. I'm just going to read it off of that, because trying to remember everything from just one viewing, uh, yeah, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a daunting task in its own. There's a lot of stuff here.
0: Oh, all right, let's get into it. Following the events of Thor Ragnarok... Thanos and his children Proxima, Midnight, Corvus, Glaive, Ebony Maw, and Cole Obsidian attack the Asgardian ship after having retrieved the Power Stone from Xandar. Thor and Hulk are powerless against Thanos. Heimdall uses the Bifrost to send Hulk to Earth and is subsequently killed by Thanos. Loki is forced into handing over the Tesseract to spare Thor's life, but is killed by Thanos after he attempts to betray him. Thanos destroys the ship and leaves Thor and the rest of the Asgardians to die. Hulk crash-lands at the Sanct- Sanctum Sanctorum in New York City, reverting to Bruce Banner. He warns Stephen Strange and Wong about Thanos' plan to kill half of all life in the universe. In response, Strange recruits Tony Stark. Maw and Obsidian arrive to retrieve the Time Stone from Strange. After a battle, including Peter Parker, Maw captures Strange. Stark and Parker pursue Ma's spaceship while Banner contacts Steve Rogers. In Scotland, Midnight and Glave ambush Wanda Maximoff and Vision. Rogers, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, and Sam Wilson, the guy who flies, rescues them and they take shelter with James Rhodes, a.k.a. Uh, the gray Iron Man war machine at the Avengers facility. <laughs> Vision offers to sacrifice himself by having Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, destroy the Mind Stone in his forehead to keep Thanos from retrieving it. Roger suggests they travel to Wakanda, which he believes has the resources to remove the stone without destroying Vision. The Guardians of the Galaxy respond to a distress call from the Asgardian ship and rescue Thor. He surmises Thanos seeks the Reality Stone, which is in the possession of the Collector at Nowhere. Rocket and Groot, Groot, accompany Thor to Nid- Nidavellir. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> to retrieve a weapon capable of killing Thanos, there they and Eitri create Stormbreaker, an enchanted axe that can summon the Bifrost. Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, and Mantis find Thanos at nowhere, with the Reality Stone already in his possession. Thanos kidnaps Gamora, his adoptive daughter, who reveals the location of the Soul Stone to save her captive adoptive sister Nebula from torture. Thanos and Gamora travel to Vormir, a planet where Red Skull, keeper of the Soul Stone, informs him the stone can only be retrieved by sacrificing someone he loves. Thanos reluctantly throws Gamora to her death, granting him the Soul Stone. Nebula escapes captivity and requests the remaining Guardians meet her on Titan, Thanos' destroyed homeworld. Stark and Parker eject Maw from his ship and rescue Strange. Landing at Titan, they meet Quill, Drax, and Mantis. Strange uses the Time Stone to view millions of possible futures and states there's only one, in which Thanos loses. The group forms a plan to confront Thanos and remove the Infinity Gauntlet. Thanos arrives, justifying his plans to Strange as necessary to ensure the survival of a universe threatened by overpopulation. The group subdues him until Nebula deduces Thanos has killed Gamora. Enraged, Quill retaliates, which breaks the group's hold on Thanos, and he overpowers them. After Strange surrenders the Time Stone in exchange for... Uh, Thanos sparing Stark, Thanos departs to Earth. Upon arriving in Wakanda, Rogers reunites with Bucky Barnes. The Avengers task Shuri with extracting the Mind Stone. Thanos' army invades and the Avengers mount a defense alongside King T'Challa and the Wakandan forces. Banner, unable to transform into the Hulk, fights in Stark's upgraded Hulkbuster armor. Thor, Rocket, and Groot arrive on Earth and rally the Defenders. Midnight, Obsidian, and Glaive are killed and their army is routed. Thanos arrives and retrieves the Mind Stone from Vision, which is pretty cool how that happens, actually, when like Scarlet Witch destroys him and then Thanos uses the Time Stone to reverse it. Um, oh, yeah. Despite being severely wounded by Thor, Thanos activates the complete infinity gauntlet with the snap of his fingers and teleports away. Thanos' plan comes to fruition as half of all life across the universe disintegrates, including Barnes, Drax, Groot, Mantis, Maxima, uh, Black Widow, uh, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and Wilson. Nebula and Stark remain on Titan while Banner, M'Baku, Oikoye, Rhodes, Rocket, uh, Captain America, uh, Romanoff, and Thor are left on the Wakandan battlefield. Thanos, healed, retreats to a small Nipa hut as he watches the sunset in Satisfaction. In the post-credits scene, Nick Fury transmits a distress signal as he and Maria Hill, amongst others, disintegrate. The device displays a red and blue star insignia, calling upon Captain Marvel. Quite
1: the complex plot. Quite the complex plot.
0: It really is an incredibly complex plot. And honestly, I gotta say, hats off to the Russo brothers for balancing this all fairly yeah. well. I don't know how they could have balanced this any better.
1: Right. Yeah. They're, they do pretty insane job of making sure that everybody has, everyone that needs to have light, uh, has everyone that needs to have the limelight has the limelight. And those uh, not necessarily any to have it. They don't mess really nest with those. Yeah, it's an interesting balancing act that they have going on here. Uh for me, there are moments and we'll get to those moments in a little bit that I feel there could have been some better utilization of the editing here or small differences, but for the most part, this is all the way incredible, all the way pretty complex movie. It's balanced and paced pretty well for the most part, which is quite impressive for how complex it is. And I, I honestly
0: it probably need it's a long movie. Very oh, long. Yeah. But yeah. I guess in order to do all of this it probably needed to be this long in order to accomplish this and actually spend time on stuff without rushing through things. Right. Right. So I was glad that I saw Thor Ragnarok because I had just seen it a couple days before I saw Infinity War and I was like, oh wow, we are opening directly at the very end because the after credit scene of Ragnarok they come face-to-face with Thanos' ship. Yes. And here he has boarded and you see a really cool silhouette of him and his people are beating the snot out of everybody. And I was so not cool with Heimdall dying because I want a uh, Heimdall off movie because he's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the opening to this movie, it's interesting because normally we get, especially now that we have the new logo for Marvel, uh, for, that's new for Phase 3, we usually get that pretty heroic fanfare that comes up and the theme song for Marvel plays and all sorts of stuff. No. no this time, it's very ominous music and quite a bit somber and it's, it masks a different tone uh, than probably what we're all used to because normally you think ah, oh, Marvel movies are supposed to be just a lot of fun and this time it kind of opens up and it's a bit more depressing and it's like, huh. Interesting. And they... And then the marvel uh logo plays and it's just going really slow uh or no it's it's probably going the normal speed but because of the music it feels as if it's going a lot slower than what it is and it's it paints a completely different picture than what you would normally see uh from a marvel movie
0: it definitely does it is a much darker opening it it and I was expecting as much but I got to say not expecting main characters such as Loki to die in the first 5 to 10 minutes i mean lots of death here to begin with it and thor is completely powerless the hulk when hulk and thanos fought that was pretty cool but the hulk was no match for him at all right. uh, were you surprised loki died so quickly
1: into the movie um yeah kind of uh a little bit surprised that they killed i was i guess I wasn't surprised that they killed him off. To kill him off this early, though, was a little bit surprising. I wasn't thinking that they would go there. Uh, but, yeah, him and Idris Elba dies. The Hulk is defeated just right off the bat. Like it, This movie pulls no stops in showing you this is not going to be the movie like uh, the, the guess you would normally see. Or maybe not the movie that uh, you're going to see the Avengers multiple points throughout this movie fail. And that's a big theme of this movie: is death and failure uh, that we're going to see throughout all, basically all of the runtime.
0: I thought this was a, a solid opening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It introduced the tone of this movie really well. I think it utilized Thanos and his children very well, and good action put you on the edge of your seat as to because all bets are off now that all these characters are dying left and right and you're thinking oh great who's gonna die next right and uh everything is utilized really well and i was glad that it didn't show uh, it didn't take the time to show thanos getting the stone from xandar they just i was like good that was the right choice because we really didn't need that extra slice of it because honestly, I was confused. I thought Thanos had almost all of the stones already coming into this movie. He only needed like one or two. But no, he had none of them. In the beginning, I think he has one. And then yeah. he just gets them. So I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I feel like because this was being touted as the big show. This was the big showdown between all of them. You know, Harry Potter in the Deathly Hallows style. Voldemort versus Harry. That's how it's going to be. This movie is not that this movie very much feels like the setup movie,
1: yeah, oh yeah, no this is the build up to the big finale, which is actually gonna happen next year, uh, yeah, uh, that's one of my kind of bigger issues with this is that it's very much a setup movie, um, it's not one, not really one that is meant to be, this is the end-all, be-all, everything. This is the build-up. This is the rising action to the end-all, be-all. This is, we get to essentially the middle part of the movie where the heroes are so defeated uh, that they have to essentially build from scratch and go on from there. But That's not going to happen until next year. So yeah, that's one of the interesting things about this one. It feels, and I've seen, I've heard this comparison, it feels very... Empire Strikes Back-esque because of this constant theme of death. Failure is a big theme here as well. Uh, And then this ending that will... I mean, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But ending where it's just like, oh, now what are we supposed to do? Yeah, it's... It's interesting that we... That the Rooster Brothers chose to do this. I mean... Oops. To be fair, they did we did know this was going to be in two parts because they announced it to be in two parts, but the Rooster Brothers changed the name to tick off, and took off part 1 because they said that they felt as if uh parts 1 and 2 are two completely different movies. They're going to have two different styles, two different ways of telling their story. And so that's why the part 1 and part 2 were dropped uh, in when they wrote when they made the title for this one. So, we don't know just yet what's going to happen next, but yeah interesting that this choice was made
0: to me this does feel very much like a part one though oh yeah because this is the journey movie this is all about thanos getting the power and then once he has the power then how are they going to stop him they're constantly trying to stop him so i would agree i was a little disappointed because this movie from the trailers and from everything was being touted as I don't know, not really part one. This was going to be the big fight against Thanos. And they they do fight Thanos multiple times, but not when he's at full power. So, I, honestly, I was a little surprised to see that. And this very much is the the journey movie. Yeah. There is action in the beginning, action in the end. And honestly, not as much action in, as I was hoping for in the end with the Wakandan fight. Because you'll notice in the TV promos... It shows, you know, the the shot of them running slow motion through the woods It's totally different because it shows Hulk in the back in Wakanda running. And in this and in the finished movie, Hulk never was there. He couldn't get Hulk to come out and materialize.
1: And right.
0: They really changed the ending there.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they have something different planned for that or what was going on with the trailer. Uh, There are a couple of points in the trailer that just don't make it into the movie. That's one of them uh there's a couple more points also in the trailer that's that just i guess maybe like i'm just kind of thinking that maybe that was an idea that they had this they ended up scrapping later in the editing process I, i don't know it's hard to tell really for at this point
0: i think it's because we got a bunch of hulk in thor ragnarok we had hulk in the beginning and i do like we kind of get a break from hulk in a way even though i really was Expecting the Hulk to come and fight, which would have been cool, but I think they're thinking maybe a little too. Hulk goes a long way. We're definitely going to get him for the next one.
1: Right, right. That's very possible.
0: Uh, I don't know, but what do you think about these action scenes throughout the movie? Is there enough? Is is it too much? There, I feel like there's kind of a lull there in the middle where we're like, okay, where is it at? And do you think they made the right choice to split up the action because half of the Avengers are on Titan, the other half are on earth?
1: Yeah, this kind of goes into one of my other big issues with infinity war. There is too much action in this movie. And I see this because one of the big issues I've had kind of with Marvel in general. And once again, it kind of is here as well is anytime there's any sort of confrontation we get an action scene. And there is no movie more prevalent that this happens in than this one right here. And multiple points, even if the scene doesn't even elicit an action scene to happen, we get one anyways. Every time there's any any sign of disagreement, there's an action scene. Like, for instance, the one when... uh, So the Guardians had already made it, or the half of the Guardians had already made it to Titan. I think it was Titan. And then Iron Man and crew also show up on Titan. Immediately, without thinking, uh, the Guardians attack, and before they even think twice, uh, we've already we are already in the middle of the action. Another scene that I feel like just kind of really pushes it is when we meet Vision and uh, Scarlet Witch, and they're in Scotland, and they're just walking around, and then out of nowhere, two goons, uh, two of Thanos' goons, just come come out, and they have an action scene. I would have loved to have more visual storytelling than every five minutes if they aren't talking, they're fighting. Because that's essentially what's happening in this movie. If they're not talking, which is also a lot of dialogue here, there's an action scene. And it isn't until the very end where it finally slows down and we kind of get more visuals. So, it's good action for the most part. There are scenes that I really do enjoy. I think the Wakandan fight in my own opinion, is is good. Uh, there are moments. This feels action in general just feels kind of anti Russo Brothers because at least in, uh, at least in Winter Soldier, there was a lot of hand to hand combat and it looks really really good. They don't utilize that kind of a style here. It's much different. So action, it's fine and it's an entertaining, but it, there's too much of it for. I understand the pacing wise. If you're going to have two and a half hours, you have to make sure you have enough action scene to keep the audience interested. But at the same time, it would also work if you slow down a bit. This is what I think.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I can understand what you're saying. And I would agree that there is a lot of action in this movie, but it's broken up between the characters. I was surprised that we didn't get all of them fighting together at once, but I can see now that they're saving that for the next movie. And I got to say, I was hoping the battle in Wakanda would have been a little more epic. It gave me some Phantom Menace uh, flashbacks to the fighting on Naboo. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it did kind of look a little similar, I felt. And it is tricky to balance that much action. It makes sense to break it up into different segments with different characters, So as not to overload the audience or it would almost be very hard to focus on particular characters that way if you were doing them all at once. So I think they broke it up fairly well. It makes sense they're still divided after Civil War, but I am looking forward to them reuniting in the next one. And I got to say, I did like this movie better than Civil War. Honestly, I walked out of Civil War very sour. Because I felt like they changed too many things from the graphic novel, which I think is great. Yeah, I think the graphic novel is great, and I was really Oh, you're talking about the
1: graphic novel. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, The graphic novel is great. I felt like they changed too many things from the movie. And the movie looked – it just had a very monochromatic, dark look to it. I just found it to be – because kind of the dark movie, I didn't – I wasn't too enthused – with Civil War, I do want to revisit it now that some time has passed. But I got to say, I do like this better than Civil War. And Civil War was kind of Avengers 2.5, you could say. Right. Uh, so what did you think of the character designs in this movie? Because we've got some updated looks with Captain America. We've got these Thanos. Thanos looks different and his children look different. Uh, the Iron Spider looks pretty cool. What did you think of that? And what did you think of the visual effects of Thanos's children?
1: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, updated designs are pretty cool. The Iron Spider looks pretty nice. Um. Really, it seems like almost every movie there's a new Iron Man suit. Um. Yeah, they all look pretty good. I mean, for the most part. Uh, Thanos, I think definitely looks. He definitely looks menacing, but also at the same time, he's not this seems to be like a normal thing too, is Marvel's villains, they are never so huge that they feel completely unstoppable. Thanos feels like a very grounded character. Um, just a very bulky guy uh, and ends up being a much bigger player in this game of be actually getting some character and we'll get into him in a sec. But yeah, I felt that uh, the visual effects on him, I think were the best Um at other points in the movie, they're fine. the the children of uh, the children of Thanos, or look kind of odd. Uh, I did think that the one that Iron Man calls Squidward, I felt that uh, he reminded me a lot of that Cad funny. Bane from the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, they're oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they look like in the comic. I have never read the comic, so they look fine. I suppose they are just odd and their powers are weird for for some random reason
0: i loved uh the cad bane character's lines where he's like you should be thankful you will be annihilated it is a blessing and it was so funny when he called him squidward and we'll talk about the humor of this movie in a minute But I could, they seemed really CGI. They just really felt like CGI characters. Oh, yeah.
1: There's one girl, and I really noticed this on the ending fight. uh, She looks very CGI. It kind of looks good sometimes at a distance. But there are times, especially when they have, when uh, it's the girls fighting there towards you in the climax, where it just doesn't look that great at all. You can tell it's CGI
0: i thought the same thing and i didn't i tried to not let it bother me too much because i it did kind of play into the comic book feeling of it all but i got to say thanos looked incredible
1: yes he does look very good
0: there were times when he seemed very real uh especially his face they did like close ups of his face they even got the tiny little hairs on that real people have on their face, so I was extremely impressed with Thanos's design. He looks awesome he's huge. Um, there is depth to him. I found to this to be one of the better Marvel villains.
1: Oh, this is the best Marvel villain we've oh, ever yeah. had. I can that I that I solely believe because every other Marvel villain, I think with the exception of ego from Guardians 2, there has been nothing to them. And this one, we finally get something, and it's quite a bit of depth that I was surprised that we got. It uh, this is my in my mind. This is more of Thanos's movie than it is a movie about the Avengers. The Avengers are just just there as a byproduct of whatever he's doing. This is very much Thanos' movie. Oh uh, yeah, because of how big of a pl- how big of a how much character development he gets and how much of a uh, effect he has on the Avengers
0: and i gotta say i really do love how much time they spent on thanos and i liked how they explored the different dimensions because he seems like a sociopath and he really is for the most part but you could tell it was genuinely hard for him to throw gamora over the edge that was kind of a hard scene to watch and it was interesting how they i I will say i feel like they would have Given a little more purpose and reasoning to him adopting her as his daughter, they do provide a flashback, but to me, I just don't understand. I'm like, why did you just pick this random little girl out of the crowd and now she becomes this like favorite adoptive daughter? I think they could have explored that more, but yeah. When it does come time to when you when Gamora is crying because she thinks she has actually killed him and then it's not real at all. And she was crying and them having different conversations and looking around. I felt like their relationship and when he's talking about I wanted you to sit on my throne and she said I hate you. I think it all worked pretty well. Yeah. So Very impressed.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that almost every other Marvel movie has such a weak villain. Um, that we finally, after ten years, get something that's actually worth something. I don't. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. And I mean, we still have another whole another movie to go through with him. Um, but I would love some more depth to his character. I would love because honestly, he is the only character in this movie that really gives gets anything. Um, gets some. Uh, Spider Man gets. Some some. Um, there are pieces where some characters some Avengers get some development but when it all comes down to it, this is Thanos' movie. This is his game that we're playing at this point. He gets the most development. He is the newest character after all. So, yeah. It makes sense. I don't know why it took him 10 years to get the villain completely correct. Uh, but, yeah. That's just been a, a big criticism not m- from my own uh, viewpoint, but from a lot of people it's just weak villains. But now we finally get something, somebody that's decent, at the very least.
0: I gotta say, probably my second favorite villain is Killmonger from Black Panther. I actually found myself rooting for him most of the time over Black Panther. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, he was fine. I would have... If he was in a lot more the movie, I would have accepted his sure. role much more, because he only does stuff in the last 45 minutes. So, yeah.
0: I do got to say, I love at the end, because normally it says the Avengers will return. I love how it said Thanos will return.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, the ending credits, interesting how the font is much different. It's very basic. Yeah. It's not, you don't have the big flashy logo here anymore. It's very, very basic.
0: I was a little disappointed that Captain America is... Really minimal, I feel, in this movie. Much more time spent with Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. Yeah. I love I love Iron Man's beard, and I love the line when Thor says, I see you've copied my beard.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cap is given nothing in this movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is given nothing in, nothing in this movie. Hulk is given hardly anything to do in this movie. Thor is given some. Um, yeah, he um, is, actually. Yeah. A little more. Yeah, he's given a little bit more than anybody else. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is in this movie. Oh, yeah. Star-Lord is given a little bit in this movie, with, especially when Gamora dies. Uh, yeah, that,
0: that scene we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah.
1: There is some pretty inconsistent um, balancing acts with a lot of the characters. Some right. get a lot of screen time. I think Star-Lord gets some of the most. Iron Man gets a lot. Uh, then there are some characters that just get hardly any, that being Captain America. He's he only has like a few lines in this movie, and a couple other characters I already mentioned. Yeah, it's a weird balancing act. What they decided, who did decide to spend their time on, and who got the short end of the staff.
0: I, I personally felt like we had too much time with Doctor Strange, uh, oh yeah, Iron that. Man and Spider Man, and then when the Guardians came, I just felt like we had too much time with them. It it, it was not balanced very well with that particular character set.
1: Yeah we spend a lot of time with Doctor Strange, and I'm not the biggest fan of his character in just anyways. Sure, I wrote a whole review on his movie. Um, yeah, there's a weird balancing act here, and I they, it's interesting the way what the who they decided to spend their time on and who they didn't.
0: I have a feeling in the next one we are going to get a lot more Captain America. See, I thought I thought one of the major characters. Okay, well, technically like half of them die at the end of this movie, but yeah. I felt like it was going to be more of them like legitimately dying, if that makes sense. Like I thought, Oh, Captain America's going to die in this movie
1: probably. Right. Yeah. Yes. You are getting into one of my other big criticisms on this movie and a big criticism of Marvel in general. I mentioned this before, uh, playing it safe. Um, okay. The, the biggest reason I did not like civil war is because nobody died in that movie, and they had ample opportunity to do so. They had a perfect opportunity to kill off at least War Machine, and even if they did that, I think like I would have been. It would have satisfied me, but they didn't for one reason or another. I don't exactly understand what their mindset is, but yeah. Here, when Thanos gets all six of the Infinity Stones and then snaps his fingers and wipes out half of the entire universe, I knew, I knew. There's no way that these characters are actually dead. They're going to come back. They're probably going to use, my guess is they're going to use the time stone and everyone's going to come back. That's just what I think. Uh, the problem is all the characters that do disintegrate, that being Spider-Man and Star-Lord and uh is dead. Um, and oh, who, else would, who else is disintegrated? Uh, Drax, Groot, Mantis... Spider-Man, I mentioned that. Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, T'Challa, Falcon. These are all characters that we've either, A, spent one movie on, or B, they're side characters. So when this ending scene happens, I'm just like, well, they're going to come back because there's absolutely no way that Marvel's just going to get rid of Spider-Man after one movie now that they have the rights. There's, There's no way. And on top of that... On top of that, we don't get rid of the core heroes here, like Thor or Captain America or Iron Man, even if they just did one. Just one of those core heroes, I feel like it would have been a lot more satisfying in my own mind. And I don't understand what the mindset is here. Maybe they're saving them for the next movie where they can essentially test them for everything that they're worth. Because of everything that they've learned from their movies until now, I don't know. But I don't understand why they decide to play it as safe here like they always have. And it just feels like... I think, I think what it feels like is... They're giving the audience what they want to see... Instead of giving them what they need to see. And that's also been a core complaint with me in Marvel... Is that they give the audience exactly what they're wanting to see... And never something that's outside of that box. And I'd love to see that. But we never get that. Not even in this movie that's titled to be the end-all be-all of all of Marvel... Uh, At least of this, the big heroes in Marvel.
0: Well, I'm going to disagree with what you said there at the very end, because I do feel like ending it on this dark tone where I I was, I was genuinely surprised when we were at the very end because I was like, wait, this is it. Because I'm so used to superhero movies where they will destroy the good guy and then he comes back and fights at the end. And I'm kind of tired of that because clearly we know they're going to come back. And, yes, I clearly believe these characters are coming back for the next one. But I'm just glad they didn't tease it like they did with uh, Batman v Superman, where they show the dirt rising from Superman's grave. And I'm like, really? Just let us just do something different. Go outside the box. And so I was surprised when they did take out half of these characters and then roll credits. I was like, whoa. This wasn't ending on how I would expect it to end, but I'm, I am glad they went that way because we need to see Thanos's power used. We need to see him winning and taking over. I was really, I was, I was genuinely shocked and surprised. I think that was the right move and the right ending. And, but, but then immediately I was like, got it. So this is definitely part one. And they're they're just giving us the appetizers with maybe a little bit of the main course, but they're really serving the main course and dessert for the next movie. So I was a little bummed about that. Uh, there's one scene in particular I wanted to talk about real quick is when uh, Mantis is uh, kind of putting Thanos in a trance and they're trying to rip his glove off. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of issues with this. Why doesn't they, why don't they just shoot him in the head? Why don't they cut his arm off? Both of his arms off? It was so dumb. And then Star-Lord is having this talk and it's taking them forever to get it off. I felt like too many pulls in that scene. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I also wonder why doesn't Thanos uses, utilize his power more often? Because if I feel like if he really wanted to, now that he has, after he gets like the first three stones, he could have gotten the other three super easily and because of how much power that glove has maybe i just don't know everything that the glove can do at this point i don't read the comics once again so maybe that is, there's a reason this is explained in the comics i i don't know yes there are a lot of plot holes with the glove and how it is utilized um one of the one that you mentioned is a very obvious one another one uh would have to be definitely the ending when he did when he decides to snap his fingers. Why didn't he just do that earlier? Oh, I guess he had to get Visions milestone. Right. A- anyways, yes, they they built up this feels like a lot of issues people have with Star Wars and the Force where it's kind of just utilized for the plot and not necessarily utilized because they can because of what it can do all the time because of course you would not have, really have a movie if you just utilized the Force all the time every time. But yeah, they're it's interesting what they decided to do and not to do with the glove. It does help a little bit that Thanos is a bit more sympathetic in in the story versus any other Marvel movie, which very much is not the case. So yeah, I it's in, I don't know. They they he seemed to pick and choose when and when not to use the Infinity glove or gauntlet. I guess I yeah that scene is one of them. And why Star-Lord decided to get in his face and ruin the whole moment is beyond me. But whatever, I guess.
0: I I gotta say, when Star-Lord and Thor meet up for the first time, I found that to be one of the funniest parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. Where Star-Lord is changing his voice, and he's saying things like, I had to kill my dad and my mom because my dad killed my mom. And he's like, so I'm sure it was hard for you, but it was harder for me. And... He's like, no, you're not. And he, uh, I just like that. Like, are you changing your voice? And he said, no, this is how I always talk. Yeah. The, the the humor in this movie, I feel, is on point. And I did think it was funny how they used the uh, dwarf guy from Game of Thrones and the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, and yeah, Elf. Peter Dinklage. He was huge. He was a giant. Yeah. Everybody in the audience laughed
1: from that. Yeah. Yeah, that scene with – I'm – okay – I hope I'm not the only one who thinks this, but maybe I am. But I feel like Thor's character at this point is just very inconsistent uh, because with the first two Thor movies, he's very much, uh, very much, this is what needs to be done. So I'm going to do this. But then when he gets to the third movie, he's a doofus. And then (laughs) when it gets to this one, he, his character feels like he fits the scene that he's in or the setting that he's in. And never something that he feel it uh, feels to me like he's a consistent character. There are times where his character changes for the sake of the scene. This scene is one of them where he just wants to get out and doesn't really fit his character. I don't feel like this is Thor right now. It it's his character just feels inconsistent to me.
0: I don't have that problem. So really? <laughs> I can't say anything to it. Yeah. I loved Thor, Thor Ragnarok and I felt like he was kind of continuing in the same vein. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been over 10 years and he's been in like five movies, six movies now so far. So I think his character arc has been fairly satisfying, but I got, I got to say, I do like this newer Thor better than the older one. Uh, one of the other things I really liked was they brought back Red Skull because I was like, oh, Red Skull disappeared in Captain America he's going to be the next villain or they're setting, Oh, he's coming back in Avengers. No, he doesn't come back for like six or seven years later. And right. I felt like he was well utilized. That was a nice callback.
1: Yeah. It was, a, it's a nice homage. It's been years since we've seen Red Skull. He's only been in one movie to be fair. Yeah. Nice homage to have him guarding one of the stones, the stole stone, which demands a sacrifice.
0: Right. Uh, okay so one I I was hoping uh for maybe some kind of surprise in this movie there was talk of the silver surfer showing up I would have loved that I would have think that would have been incredible surprise I don't I feel like this movie was a little short on surprises aside from certain characters dying and then of course them all being disintegrated at the end but I was hoping there'd be like oh my gosh it's the silver surfer or it's Wolverine or something. I don't know. I was hoping for something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it is a pretty safe move to not do that because this movie is already incredibly dense uh, and putting something else in there and having to figure out how to write that in would have been too much perhaps uh, even for this movie, but I can see where you're coming from.
0: So Alan, what is your rating and recommendation for Avengers
1: infinity war? I'm a bit on the fence with this one because on the one hand, there are a lot of things that were fixed or maybe a lot of things that uh, a lot of people have had issues with before and now they're not necessarily, uh, they're at least combated in this. Like for instance, the actions of all the heroes feel like they have consequences, whereas in the last, basically all of them, this wasn't necessarily the case. So uh, so that's the part of it. The other part is that, yes, we have a better villain this time who's not necessarily just one who's evil but one who actually has a lot of development to him and so it feels like at the end of the day even though we don't agree with even though I don't agree with anything that he does at the end I understand where he's coming from and I begin to actually feel something for him which is not something I can say for the rest of them but at the same time though this just feels like a very incomplete movie to me and possibly this will end up being an Empire Strikes Back where when it was first released people didn't necessarily like it very much but once episode six came out it was very clear the reason for the reason why it existed and that make uh, made a lot more sense and it's considered to be one of the best if not the best by many i guess we'll see i don't know it's kind of hard to tell right now it's there are a lot of things in this movie that just there are a lot of conveniences a lot of silly ideas i mean this is a superhero movie after all and it's not necessarily my kind of genre but i i guess i think i've mentioned this before i do understand the appeal for these movies they're just not my style so at the end of the day, it's I'm sure if you okay if you're a Marvel fan and you've already watched all the movies, you're gonna like this movie. I can almost guarantee it. If you're not a Marvel fan and never really got into it like me, you're it's not gonna be something that's gonna change your mind, anyways. Uh, they still play it very safe. It's nothing that's going to be very groundbreaking. I don't think. Uh, everything here is pretty basic for the most part, except for the fact that now we actually have some consequences. It feels like Marvel is figure it out, what needs to change, 10 years too late, but anyways, it's, I'd say it's good, it's serviceable, it, it works for what it is, and maybe with the release of the second part, this will be much better, uh, really only time will tell, I, I don't know, for right now, it's fine, I found it to be okay, I was never really bored, and in fact, it was quite engaging for me. I never... Like I said, it never was really bored. It's still entertaining. So, overall, I think I'd give this a 7 out of 10. A mild recommend. I mean, if you're a Marvel fan, just go see it. There's no reason for you not to.
0: Avengers Infinity War, yeah, 10 years in the making. And I gotta say, this entry is satisfying, but ne- it doesn't pay off fully like I was expecting it to. I really think that's going to be the next movie. But I think... They balanced everything as well as they possibly could. They could have done way worse with balancing this movie. So it's a really hard task. I think they did well. I do think we're going to get more. But this, I was very surprised when the film, when the credits rolled, I left the theater. I was like, well, that feels very much like part one. This is the appetizers for what we're really going to get for the movie. It was fairly long. It was good, I was really hoping it to be great, but I do feel fine, I feel confident in just calling this movie good. I will return to it again, mostly because of Thanos, because I think Thanos is a really cool character, I think he's uh, interesting, I, I like his power, I like how he uh, deals with things, and I li- I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going with him, but... Uh, Thanos is, is the big hero of this movie. He's probably the biggest reason to go see it, which is surprising. And I'm really excited to see what they do with him next time. I, throughout the movie, I just kind of felt, meh, there was some cool action. But honestly, that's just the whole Marvel cinematic universe for you. It is just kind of straight down the line, if that makes sense. There's nothing really great. There's, uh, I thought, I loved Thor Ragnarok, but, uh, and the original Iron Man, a couple of those maybe original films uh, are are fairly well done. But otherwise, it's just a comic book movie. Uh, they're good, not really great. And that's what this movie is. So I'm giving Avengers Infinity War 7 stars out of 10. It's a good movie. I am still going to give it a high recommend because I think you should go watch it for Thanos' sake. He's a pretty cool character and villain to come along in a really long time and... Just watching him destroy uh, things is kind of fun. So uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us on our Avengers Infinity War retrospective. We will be coming back next week with Halloween 5. I am telling the truth this time.
1: (laughs) Yes, we double double checked.
0: That's right. So make sure to subscribe through your favorite Avenue and uh, so you can stay up to date on all the wonderful things we're doing here. We've got a lot of great things coming for you very soon in the near future. And Silver Screen Guide will return.